And here we go. Here we go. On this Monday, it is the 8th day of May 2023. 6 o'clock straight up, which means it is time for Real Talk Memphis. Very happy to have you with us. I'm your humble host, Chip Washington. Good to be here on this, uh, I guess you could almost say summer-like day. I mean, when I got out of the car a few minutes ago, it was 88 degrees. So uh, very, very nice uh, weather. Beautiful weekend we had, uh, weather-wise. Uh, and uh, today as well. And uh, looks like it's going to be like this for the remainder of the week. We could have some rain later overnight, a couple of periods of rain here and there. But uh, otherwise, very good. So I hope that you've been well since the uh, last seven days that uh, we had a chance to visit with one another uh, and that everything went uh, well. A couple of things uh, at, at the top here. First of all, um, Memphis and May, congratulations uh, to Memphis and May. I heard it was, uh, it was a great weekend. Uh, Lola and Nicole were talking about uh, some of the acts that were there and that the entertainment was really, really good. Folks behaved themselves, which is, uh, which is always a good thing to say as well. So for the first time in four years uh, back at uh, Tom Lee Park, uh, sounds like everything uh, went A-OK and very, very happy uh, to hear that. Uh, we're going to have a good show for you tonight, we think, and we hope that uh, you are tuning in. And if you uh, 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 are, I really totally appreciate that. Uh, we are going to speak with our state senator, Ramesh Akberry. You know, last week she was supposed to join us and she had a bit of an emergency, uh, but she graciously um, uh, has uh, uh, decided to uh, join us tonight. So she'll be uh, with us in a little bit. There's a lot of uh, issues I want to discuss uh, in the legislative session that just uh, ended. Get her take on a few things uh, that are going on there. Our first guest will be uh, Shelby County District Attorney Steve Mulroy. He's been a guest on the show before. Uh, he joins us again to kind of give us an update on uh, uh, what is happening uh, in his office, what is on his agenda. I want to ask him a few things about curfews and blended sentencing and a lot of other things. So we look forward to having him in just a few minutes. And uh, in the second half hour of the show, uh, I have uh, an ordained minister who is an author and a poet. Uh, and uh, she has a, a book of poems out that is dedicated to her hometown. We'll tell you all about that and more when she joins me a little bit later. She's going to read one of her poems. And let me just say this at the top. She's very powerful, very powerful in terms of uh, her writing uh, and how she delivers uh, in terms of the spoken word. So that is uh, our show for this evening. Before uh, we get into the birthdays, I have to shout out all of the graduates in the class of 2023. Uh, it's amazing. Uh, Brian, let's give them a round of applause that we have there. There you go. Congratulations to each and every one of you who walked across the stage, whether it was high school, uh, yeah, college, or what have you. Uh, it was a wonderful weekend of celebration. Uh, it was a wonderful time of accomplishment for each and every one of you. So from all of us here at Real Talk Memphis, congratulations. I know the future looks bright, and I know you're excited to get into it. Uh, we, 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 we have a graduate coming up here on our show who's part of our family but i was told it's not not yet another couple of weeks uh uh i think lola told me so we'll wait and do that at the appropriate time but she did go to the prom and she had a good time she had a good time she looked very very nice by the way so congratulations to each and every one of you now uh for the rest of you who are celebrating you may babies and you're celebrating your birthday uh either over the weekend uh, today or this week 
uh, we uh, do a little thing we like to call the shout out. We do it better than anybody out there. So without further ado, I can't do it until I say, hit it, Brent. All right, so happy birthdays going out to the following. Deborah Brown Bigham, and I've known Deborah uh, for at least 20 years. So uh, she is celebrating her birthday today. Happy birthday to you. Melissa Espy is celebrating her birthday today. Jennifer DiPrizio. Y'all remember Jennifer uh, from ABC 24, longtime reporter out there. She's celebrating her birthday today, as is Sharon Cypress. Tia Jennings celebrating today. Patrice Monique Boyd, I'm sorry, Patrice Monique Reed is celebrating, uh, as is uh, Cliff Lay, Tony Sally, and Ronique Banks. Each and every one of you celebrating a birthday today, and uh, from all of us here, happy birthday. We hope it's been filled with fun and laughter, and we hope to be with you again next year to celebrate your next trip around the sun. Thanks, Brian. Okay, so um, I forgot something I normally do at the top because uh, many of you want to know how to get this fine piece of radio broadcasting. Well, uh, we are on live right now on the radio, 91.7 on your FM dial. We are also uh, on the TuneIn app. You know, we're on the World Wide Web here, so you know you can catch us uh, any part of this country uh, that has the World Wide Web. We're on that. Uh, we are also on the TuneIn app live right now. We are also on Facebook Live. Uh, and uh, when the show posts tomorrow afternoon, you'll be able to catch us on YouTube. And, of course, as we are a podcast, you can catch us wherever you get your podcast. So uh, we got all that business out of the way. Very, very, very good. So um, first things first, uh, late this afternoon, uh, Governor Lee uh, has set a date for the special session he wants to call on gun laws and public safety. Uh, that will be held on August 21st. Uh, so, uh, you know, he has an agenda. They want to talk about, you know, gun laws and, and uh, you know, trying to navigate through this maze and not to confuse anybody or take away, you know, uh, as he says, uh, your First Amendment rights. So that is on August 21st. Uh, late last night, uh, the Memphis City Council, uh, in a court finding, has filed a lawsuit against the five-year residency requirement for those running for mayor. Uh, this has been going back and forth and back and forth and back and forth forever. So uh, what, what happens now is uh, there's a court case on the 18th day of May, which is going to hopefully straighten this whole thing out. So now the city council is involved. And this all goes back to something that happened in, back in the, the mid-90s, 1996, where uh, supposedly the five-year residency plan uh, had been vacated, had been dropped. You didn't have to be in the city for five years in order to be able to uh, run for mayor. Well, that issue has come up again. Uh, recently, the city attorney, Jennifer Sink, says uh, she's going with a court opinion that says the five-year residency plan is still in effect. Now, this affects at least three of the candidates, the top candidates, uh, uh, Van Turner, uh, Floyd Bonner, and uh, former mayor Willie Harrington. Uh, we really don't have any clarity on all of this yet. People are filing lawsuits. Uh, to see, you know, what's what. Uh, so, you know, again, uh, we're dealing with five years residency versus one year residency. Uh, and, uh, of course, uh, this is going to be adjudicated, hopefully in court, on the 18th 
of this month. Stay tuned. Stay tuned. Uh, of course, uh, one of the uh, one of the big deals uh, that happened uh, uh, on Saturday uh, was that uh, there was another mass shooting in this country. Uh, it happened in Allen, Texas. Eight people dead, uh, uh, including at least two children that, that I know of, young children. Uh, and uh, the gunman, of course, is dead. He pulled up in the parking lot of an outlet mall. Uh, there in Allen, Texas, a big outlet mall, too, from, from what we can see, uh, stopped the car, parked the car, and decided that he was going to um, start shooting, and he did. And uh, it, was, uh, it, it was a terrible scene. So once again, we're dealing with the loss of a human life uh, at the hands uh, you know, of a madman. There's a rumor that he might have had some mental issues. Of course, we don't know. He might have been uh, following the white supremacist uh, party of things. We don't know that either because he's dead. But the bottom line to this is, you know, we always ask the same question. How much longer are we going to have to deal with this? How much longer are we going to have to have uh, these stories about the loss of life uh, unnecessary? People are telling me they can't hear. I don't know if it's uh, there. It looks like my gang is working on it over there. I hope we have audio. I, I can hear myself pretty well. Uh, but, uh, yeah, everybody's now, they're calling, they're, they're, they're checking in and they're saying they can see me, but they can't hear me. So I guess we're going to try to reboot the uh, Facebook Live uh, and uh, see if we can't rectify ourselves uh, of that situation because, you know, we got a guest coming up here in a couple of minutes, so we do need some good audio here. Uh, all right, so uh, anyway, hearts and uh, hearts and uh, our our sincere prayers and condolences go out uh, to all of those uh, people in Allen, Texas, who once again are dealing uh, with a mass shooting. We've had more mass shootings in the United States. We have had more mass shootings than we have had days in this year. That lets you know how big a problem this is, how serious a problem this is. We don't know what the problem is with the audio. Let's call Shelby or somebody and see if we can't get it fixed. We need to try to see if we can't check that out uh but in any event uh we're going to to go to break here and hopefully uh when we come back uh we will uh, have our first guest he is the uh, shelby county district attorney steve mulroy i'm chip washington you know who you are this is real talk memphis we'll take a quick break and we'll be right back If you like Real Talk, here's a way you can get involved. Do you have a show topic idea or suggestion? Want to be considered a guest or have a guest idea? Then send Chip a message on his Real Talk show page and you can be a part of the Real Talk experience. So as he always says, go out and tell somebody. We'll be right back. WXR Stereo Sessions presented by Mempho returns this month on Wednesday, May 10th at the Memphis Listening Lab as we celebrate The Clear's 1997 self-titled debut. The free listening event finds WXR host and former member of Sonic Youth Steve Shelley along with music writer Andrea Lau as they interview Clear's bandmates Alicia Trout and Brad Pounders. The duo will talk about the album's impact on Memphis music and their amazing post-punk synth-pop sound. You can RSVP for the event at stereosessions.wyxr.org. 
This trio session is brought to you by Via Productions, Crosstown Brewing Company, Shangola Records, and Farmer. Do you want to place your company in front of Memphis cultural consumers and influencers? How about interacting with them in a meaningful way? WIXR's second annual Stereo Sessions at the Memphis Listening Lab is back. We are looking for sponsors to support WIXR's exploration of unsung albums from the musical history of Memphis. For more information, email us at sponsorships at wyxr.org. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. There's something yes, new to sip on this spring from WYXR and Crosstown Brewing Company. Nah, I ain't talking about scissor. I'm talking about a beer with big flavor. Flavor. And every bit of it you put in your mug helps our mission to provide the realest music, talk, events, and more for Memphis music culture and community. It's called Clear Smoke. Yeah, that's what I'm sipping on. Sipping on. What about you? Crosstown Brewing Company supports WYXR with initiatives and collaborations like Clear Smoke to increase the impact and influence of Memphis creatives across the globe. Find more information about this limited edition brew online at crosstownbeer.com. WYXR's 2023 Stereo Sessions with The Clears is supported by Farmburger. Offering custom grass-fed burgers, seasonal salads, and more, Farmburger takes pride in their grass-fed beef and partners with local farms such as Home Place Pastures, Bonnie Blue Farm, and Marmalade Farms. Farmburger is your neighborhood grass-fed burger joint located in the East Atrium of Crosstown Concourse. More information at farmburger.com. River Series is a proud sponsor of WYXR. The series continues May 13th with Mark Edgar Stewart and Aaron James, and May 20th with Chapel Hill, North Carolina Spider Bags, and a tribute to Memphis's Flat Tire Rockers Limes. Doors at 4 p.m. for both shows. Tickets and more information at riverseries.org. WYXR is supported by Minglewood Hall, hosting reggae musician Steel Pulse on June 8th and Stephen Marley on July 18th. More information at MinglewoodHallMemphis.com. WYXR is supported by the Museum of Science and History, presenting Laser Live, which brings live music and laser light effects together for a live concert series in the Mosh AutoZone Dome at the Sharp Planetarium. Laser Live begins May 13th with Hope Claiborne and Soul Scrimmage. More information at MoshMemphis.com. Hey, I'm Will from Crosstown Brewing Company. We support WYXR 91.7 FM. A favorite beer is just like a favorite song. We feel something new every time we encounter them. Cheers to playing the hits and tasting the notes. Shangri-La Records proudly supports WYXR. They offer a selection of vinyl, CDs, books, and more. Shangri-La is operated in the Memphis area for over three decades, and they are located at 1916 Madison Avenue in Midtown. They're open seven days a week. More information at Shangri.com. Get Real Talk on the TuneIn mobile app under WYXR, and he's now streaming live on Facebook. And you can also catch a rebroadcast on YouTube. Just put WYXR in the search box and hit subscribe. Now back to more Real Talk with Chip Washington. 
And welcome back to Real Talk Memphis on this Monday evening. I apologize to the Facebook Live folks. I'm told we're having some audio problems there. Uh, but uh, we are still able to effort our first guest. I'm very happy uh, that he is taking the time to join us this evening. He is Shelby County District Attorney Steve Moroy. And uh, Mr. DA, it's good to see you again, sir. Good to see you too. And thank you for taking some time out uh, to uh, come and visit with us. We hadn't chatted uh, in a minute, and uh, a few things uh, uh, have uh, have uh, passed by. But let me just ask you this at the top: How are things, uh, you know, starting to? How are things moving along? You're settling into the office now, and and uh, you know the big storm uh, that approached you when you came in has sort of calmed down a bit. How are things in, in terms of your day today? Well, thanks for asking. I think things are going well. Uh, so far, so good. We're eight months in, and uh, we're getting the feel of things. I've, I've hired a really great staff, um, and the existing staff already was pretty supportive. We've been doing a lot of community outreach. Um, we had our first uh, town hall meeting every other month. We're going to go to a different part of the county. We are doing uh, press conferences every other week so that the media can ask us questions and we're doing what we can to sort of uh, get out into the community and hear what the community has to say. And uh, I think so far, so good. Yeah, I know that was a big part of your agenda uh, when you were running. You know, you said that you uh, you wanted to get more into the community and find out, uh, you know, kind of what the pulse of what, what they're saying and, and, and how they're feeling and, and what types of, uh, of changes they would like to see. And, and we see you doing that. And I want to talk about a couple of issues, if you don't mind. The first thing is uh, and one of the things that you talked about uh, when you were running for this office is to overhaul the bail system. Uh, so it's been a little bit now, and so I wanted to kind of get an update from you as to how you think things are going in reference to that. Sure, sure, yeah. So before I took office, the county agreed to a, a new bail uh, procedure to avoid litigation because the what we had been doing wasn't in was not in compliance with Tennessee law or the Constitution. Mm -hmm. um, both my predecessor Amy Wyrick and I both uh, supported it. Went down to the county commission to support it, but um, you know it was adopted before I took over. Mm -hmm. And um, you know uh, my concern is to make sure that it runs smoothly. And um, although there had been a few glitches in the first couple of months or so, I think uh, things are now going okay. Um, you know, I think it's important for your viewers to and listeners to understand that um, all this new bail procedure does is it provides a hearing where someone didn't have a hearing before. So now within 72 hours of the initial bail determination, the defendant gets to have a lawyer and gets to have a hearing in front of a judge. One of my prosecutors will be there. And um, if it's if we can prove that the person's a danger to the community um, or a flight risk, then they'll keep them. Uh, but otherwise, the judge will set some bail amount. And uh, for the first time ever, the defendant will be able to prevent, present some information about what they can actually afford. What's, what's their income? What's their wealth? Mm -hmm. um, and so the amount that will be set will be an affordable uh, bail. Because previously, what you'd have a situation is two defendants with the same uh, offense charged, the same criminal history, they get the same bail. One of them's got money, he gets out for the you know year or so before trial, and the other one's stuck in 201 Poplar for no other reason than they can't afford cash bail. So we've fixed that problem with the new bail procedure and give everyone hearings. 
Uh, very good. Now, another thing I wanted to talk with you about, because uh, th- th- this was a very, very big deal uh, in reference to uh, juvenile court and, and of course, uh, the escalation that we see uh, the crime uh, in our juvenile population. But at one particular point in time, we talked about, uh, you were talking about blended sentencing, uh, you yes. know, in reference to some of the more violent cases. Uh, are you and the... Um, uh, and the uh, juvenile court judge, uh, Mr. Sugarman, are you all still working on that? Is that still a pro- in process for you? Yes, yes, we are still working on it, and we're making progress. And this is something that's really got bipartisan support. So Judge Sugarman and I favor it. Your next guest, uh, Senator Ackberry, has been very influential in uh, helping us uh, promote it. But we've also got Republican support, Senator Brent Taylor, Representative uh, Mark White, have both been supportive. Bill Gibbons of the Pro- Crime Commission, um, you know, so a lot of support there. And um, we got it, well, let us tell you real quick, the idea here is that rather than just say, our only choices are to send a juvenile offender off to adult prison, where the data says they're more likely to reoffend when they get out, so we're basically sending them off to crime college, or keep them in the juvenile system, then we have to let them go in, at age 19, right. which might not be good if they've committed an offense at, say, age 17. This gives uh, a middle ground option where we keep them in the juvenile court, but we can monitor them or even confine them up until the age of uh, 24. Now, if they commit an offense at age 18 or over, well, then it's adult uh, prison for them. But uh, if they're a juvenile, then we can keep them a few extra years and try to rehabilitate them. Mm -hmm. Um, This has been tried in a number of different states successfully. Like I said, it's got bipartisan support. It passed this year unanimously on the Senate floor, 31 to 0. On the House side, they rolled it till next year, but we'll see what happens next year. Uh, one of the big, one of the bigger issues that we have uh, been hearing about and uh, really been talking about, uh, as I mentioned a minute ago, is the juvenile crime situation. And uh, uh, one of the uh, things that the Memphis Police Department is trying to figure out uh, in reference to juveniles is this curfew. Now we all know the curfew has been, you know, it, it, it's been out there for a while, but it's never really been enforced. Now uh, they're talking sometime next month. Uh, perhaps uh, in in enforcing that in the downtown area, maybe a minor under the age of 18 or whatever, uh, out past midnight uh, without uh, a parent, uh, they'll take these kids to to, to Greenlaw uh, Community Center. I know you had some issues with that, and and, and you maybe st- still do. Do you see that as a as a as a as a good way to do this, or should there be some more conversation involved in that? Well, I think there should be more conversation. I understand that there's an issue, and we're going to need to figure out the best way to address it. What well, my my concerns had been early on, I, I just wanted to make sure that everyone understood that the original draft that had been leaked to the press had some problems because you don't want to be uh, stopping kids and arresting them or even hassling them by the police at all for things like dressed inappropriately yeah. or handing out leaflets or dancing in the street. You know, uh, that was in one of the original drafts. Apparently, that was a bootleg draft. It wasn't an official draft. Mm. And I had some concerns about that because obviously there's a, you know, there's a real potential for abuse, racial profiling, among many other things. Um, As for the enforcement of the curfew, I'll put it this way. If you've got an unaccompanied minor who's, say, you know, 13 and under, uh, wandering around downtown at night without 
any supervision, well, then you need to scoop them up and get them to safety for their own protection. I think no one disagrees with that. Right. And if you've got a teenager who's acting up, he's breaking into cars, stealing cars, or messing with people, or, you know, getting into people's face or whatever, well, then you need to, to stop them and, and, and arrest them or, you know, take them to juvenile court or whatever. No one, no one um, disputes that. I think the question is, what do you do with someone who's just minding their own business and they're out? Exactly. Uh, past curfew. Mm-hmm. And, you know, my own view is that maybe we should prioritize enforcing the curfew against kids that are actually acting up and uh, causing some sort of a disturbance rather than some sort of dragnet approach where you just sweep the streets uh, looking for kids who are, you know, under the age of 18. But I think um, it's still a work in progress. I commend the city for um, opening up the Greenlaw Community Center because if you are going to be picking these kids up and you've got to put them somewhere, I think putting them in a community center where they have some activities um, until the parents can come get them, I think that's the right approach. Uh, one final thing, uh, 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 Mr. DA, and I appreciate again you, you taking some time to be on with me tonight. Uh, the uh, issue of gun legislation. Uh, we saw another uh, very tragic mass shooting uh, in uh, Allen, Texas uh, over the weekend, eight people dead. Uh, and uh, of course, uh, we had a very scary incident about a week or so ago where a gentleman fired a, uh, fired a shot uh, from an assault weapon in, in the Fox 13 because he wanted to uh, tell him a story about Tyree Nichols. Uh, the governor has called a special session uh, I don't know how many people have faith in uh, anything uh, coming out of that uh, in a positive way. What's your take on this? Because we desperately need something to happen. Well, you are exactly right. We do def- desperately need something to happen. Um, we've waited too long to act on this. I think, you know, uh, a sensible red flag law where if someone's got a history of domestic violence or, you know, mental issues or even just, you know, recent uh, emotional disturbance where you can go into court and you can temporarily take away their gun mm-hmm. until things can calm down. Mm-hmm. I think they have to do that. I think Governor Lee supports it, so I'm hopeful that that'll happen in this special session this summer you're talking about. Mm-hmm. I also think they should seriously consider repealing that permanentless carry bill. Oh man, I don't think there's anything wrong with saying that if you want to walk around with the gun, then you need to... Uh, register and get some safety training and you know get a background check and, and that kind of thing well listen uh chevy county district attorney steve Mulroy, thank you for uh, coming on the show tonight it's always uh, great to talk to you uh you're you're uh, very straightforward and very honest and and uh, i know that uh, i appreciate it i know everybody else does it as well so uh you take care of yourself thank you again for coming on the show uh, and i look forward to talking to you down the road all right good night Chip. take care now you too take care Chevy County DA Steve Mulroy, ladies and gentlemen. And, uh, you know, of course, uh, you know, he is uh, doing his best to, where's my phone? <laughs> so I'm trying to get my phone. Uh, uh, doing his best to uh, try to, uh, you know, keep us straight in terms of the law and trying to implement things that are fair uh, more than anything else. I don't know if we've gotten our audio situation straight on Facebook Live or not. Have we? Okay, they're telling me we're, we're good on Facebook Live. So we're going to take another break. And when we come back, uh, we are going right on time, too. Look at that. Uh, when we come back, uh, we will be talking with our state senator, Ramesh Akberry. This is uh, Real Talk Memphis for a beautiful Monday evening in the city. I'm Chip. We'll be right back.
If you like Real Talk, here's a way you can get involved. Do you have a show topic idea or suggestion? Want to be considered a guest or have a guest idea? Then send Chip a message on his Real Talk show page and you can be a part of the Real Talk experience. So as he always says, go out and tell somebody. We'll be right back. WYXR is supported by Minglewood Hall, hosting reggae musician Steel Pulse on June 8th and Stephen Marley on July 18th. More information at MinglewoodHallMemphis.com. WYXR is supported by the Museum of Science and History, presenting Laser Live, which brings live music and laser light effects together for a live concert series in the Mosh AutoZone Dome at the Sharp Planetarium. Laser Live begins May 13th with Hope Claiborne and Soul Scrimmage. More information at MoshMemphis.com. Hey, I'm Will from Crosstown Brewing Company. We support WYXR 91.7 FM. A favorite beer is just like a favorite song. We feel something new every time we encounter them. Cheers to playing the hits and tasting the notes. Get Real Talk on the TuneIn mobile app under WYXR, and he's now streaming live on Facebook. And you can also catch a rebroadcast on YouTube. Just put WYXR in the search box and hit subscribe. Now back to more Real Talk with Chip Washington. And welcome back to Real Talk Memphis on this Monday evening. First things first, uh, I know we had some uh, audio issues initially, uh, but I'm told that everything is rectified. Can you Facebook Live, folks, uh, tell me uh, if you can hear me, if you got me? Uh, I know the first segment we had to do it on radio because we had some audio issues, but I want to know uh, if somebody out there could just send me a message and say audio is good, we hear you, everything is a go, Roger, and all that kind of good stuff. So um, our next guest uh, is no stranger to the broadcast either, and she is a highly uh, respected lawmaker uh, in our city, in our county, in our state, uh, and, and uh, you know, and, and they said uh, nationally, uh, you know, she's got this national ride, you know, uh, ahead of her. She's 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 really quite something. Uh, please welcome to the show, State Senator Ramesh Ackberry, and it is good to see you again, my friend. How are you? Thank you. I'm well. It's great to see you as well. So uh, first things first, uh, you were back up in Nashville over the weekend at TSU. Did you have a, a family member to, uh, to graduate over the weekend? I did not, uh, but Tennessee State is our only state HBCU, so definitely wanted to support Dr. Glover and the students. And of course, to get to see Oprah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, if you missed it, go to Facebook, go to her page. You'll see her with with Oprah Winfrey on one side and her dear mother on the other side. How's mom? How's, how's mom doing? She's, she's great. She's oh, great. Very, she, we thought she had COVID, but she didn't. So she's great. <laughs> absolutely. Well, listen. Thank you again for coming on. So, uh, the legislative session has not too long ended. Uh, it had its share of downs. And maybe a couple of ups. I guess the one, the first things first is I want to kind of get your assessment on uh, this particular legislative session, kind of like no other. Uh, would you say? Yeah, it really was. I think the session started with a bunch of um, unconstitutional legislation around the LGBTQ community, and then it just kept going. Um, you had a lot of attacks on 
you know, traditional free speech, on books, again, on diversity, equity, and inclusion, pretty much anything you could think of. And then it kind of culminated with um, the shooting in Nashville at the Covenant School right. and the expulsion of Justin Jones and Justin Pearson. Uh, and, and to me, I mean, I've been there for the expulsion of two members. One, I mean, he committed grave acts of sexual harassment. Like there was a whole committee that investigated him, which I was a part of. And then they uh, decided to remove him. But this was unprecedented. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you clearly, clearly it was, and of course, uh, uh, the expulsion of of the two Justins that you spoke of uh, garnered national attention, and I mean, there was outrage from it seemed to me from coast to coast uh, to see. Uh, what was happening uh, in our state capitol here uh, in the state of Tennessee uh, to once again uh, be in a position of being just downright embarrassed, uh, you know, and I mean, th- there was there's no other way I can put it, you know, in terms of something like this to fight for something you've been fighting for and a lot of other of your colleagues have been fighting for gun legislation. Uh, but right. but the way this whole thing went down, turning off mics and not allowing them to speak. I mean, you've been up there for a while. Uh, I mean, how did this make you feel just kind of watching all this in real time? Well, I'll tell you, I think that it really kind of shined a light on the things that have been happening in Tennessee. When I was in the House, I was in the House for five years. Mm-hmm. And there was always an issue around people getting to speak or as many people getting to speak as wanted to on the House floor. Debate would often get shut down. Someone would move previous question. The Democrats didn't have the numbers to overcome that, and it would shut down debate. So I think you kind of saw it reach a boiling point this year. When I was in the House, the committee system was different. You know, as a committee member, you could ask as many questions as you wanted. And we saw this session, House committee members were being shut down. Justin J. Pearson was never put on a committee and to see it kind of boil into an expulsion. If you look at the time period that they occupied the well of the Tennessee House before the speaker gaveled out, it was between five and six seconds. Uh, When you expel someone, you're saying that the behavior is so egregious that it should override the votes and the voices of the people who elected them, that it trumps democracy in its traditional sense. And so it backfired in a major way. And I, I told folks, I said, look, the week before the expulsion, regionally people knew the Justins, but now internationally yes. people know the Justins. Yes. And they know what's going on in Tennessee. So it's one of those, you know, people meant something for your bad and it gave them an even bigger opportunity, an unimaginable opportunity to highlight their platform. Yeah. Plus they're both back in the General Assembly. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And and I mean, for all of us, just watching that whole thing go down, absolutely stunning. Uh, they were persecuted, then they were resurrected. It seems to be the theme of all of this. Uh, you mentioned a bit earlier about the uh, terrible, tragic events uh, that happened uh, at the Covenant School. Uh, six people dead, three babies, uh, nine-year-olds uh, involved in all of this. The protest that took place uh, after that and I mean, it, it, I, I don't want to over-exaggerate this, Ramesh, but but it seemed to me for days upon days upon days, there were thousands of people that marched on that Capitol, uh, basically saying enough is enough is enough. Am I, am I overestimating that in any no, way? No, you're not. You're not overestimating. This is my 10th year. I have never seen protests like this um, from more senior members. They said the last time they saw this type of protest was when the state was contemplating an income tax, and that was in the early 2000s, mid-2000s. And so, no, this is 
I mean, there were people, black, white, it did not matter, rural, urban, suburban, Republican, Democrat, thousands of people were at the state grounds in the balconies, inside of the rotunda area, outside. And this was very organic. It wasn't something that elected officials organized. It was right. something the people organized. And, 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 and you're right, of all races, all genders, I mean, the whole nine yards, people were being bussed from here up there as well. I mean, this was really a show of... Uh, letting these elected officials know that look, you you've got to do something about about gun control, gun legislation, the whole nine yards. Unfortunately, uh, the governor's wife's uh, one of her very good friends uh, was one of the victims uh, of that of that shooting. Now, let me ask you: uh, You've been up there for a while. You kind of know the landscape. Um, was that something that maybe predicated him uh, in a more personal way to say? You know, maybe we should really have a conversation because I don't remember uh, hearing a, a governor in recent memory even thinking about having that kind of conversation. Yeah, I mean, this is the same governor who introduced open carry as a part <laughs> of his legislative package. Yeah. So but I do think that, you know, very close ties. His kids went to that school. Mm. He knew his wife taught there before they were married, taught with the individual that was killed. Okay. And so it made it personal. And then you had all of these moms from Williamson County coming to the Capitol, meeting with the governor. They created a human chain from Vanderbilt Children's Hospital all Saw the way that. to the Capitol that mm -hmm. we were all a part of. Plus we had country music stars like Amy Grant and uh, I think Shania Twain maybe coming out and meeting at the Capitol saying we need to have something done. The governor introduced a pretty good piece of legislation, but the legislature would not take that up. And so he promised we would have a special session and today he announced that that would start on August the 21st. Yeah, and, and uh, you know, so I think everybody is uh, very anxious to see what is going to happen. I'll be honest with you, I don't really have a, a lot of a faith uh, that uh, the Republican side of the House uh, is going to be too interested in that. I did hear that uh, there were some bills brought up uh, during the session, and that, and, but none of them were taken up. Am I, am I correct? It, that would address yes. these issues. So, I mean, what, so, what? Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, I know. So I'm with you. So that's why, uh, I mean, the governor brought forward legislation that could have been introduced, and House and Senate leadership, Republican leadership, decided not to take it up, said that we need to wait till a special session. Uh, the Democratic Caucus, the House, and the Senate, we filed five bills uh, that were pretty comprehensive from banning assault weapons to high capacity magazines to storing guns in your cars uh, to even looking at those order of protection, extreme risk uh, individuals, and we're not able to get any traction. Now, mind you, it was past the bill filing deadline, okay? Mm -hmm. So they would have had to have the delayed bills committee meet, which there are only three members on the delayed bills committee, the minority leader, the majority leader, and the speaker in the House and the Senate, and they would not move forward those bills. During the regular session, Jeff Yarbrough um, and Caleb Himmer, individuals from Nashville, filed legislation about safe storage of guns in cars. Uh, London Lamar, Senator from Memphis, filed legislation about exempting Memphis from the open carry legislation, right. and they wouldn't take any of those up. The Senate had a full calendar of gun bills in the Criminal Justice Committee, and they decided not to take them up. Now, the chair said there are some bad bills that they dismissed as well, so it's not just the good bills that got killed, the really bad bills. Um, that would make gun freedom even even more profound in this state, if you can imagine, mm. uh, were also killed. Yeah, yeah. This is this is really uh, you know something, and and when you when you see just listening to what you just said, and 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 just see the results of it, but still, 
And I said this at the beginning of the show, uh, we've had more mass shootings in this country than we've had days in this year so far. And if that is not a absolutely stunning, frightening, frightening uh, uh, statistic, I don't know what is. And, and, and I know the gun lobby and, 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 and is extraordinarily powerful, but are they that powerful? They seem to be because we, we have this problem from coast to coast in this country. Yeah, we do. And I think, one, you look in the south, at the South, you have a lot of Republican-controlled legislatures, right? So mm-hmm. it's very difficult to get any sort of gun legislation passed. Now, Florida, after the shooting at Parkland, they did pass an extreme risk order of protection red flag law. Indiana has done the same. Uh, but you look at states like Texas and Tennessee and Georgia, where, you know, open carry exists and uh, you have people who are 18 years old that can get these types of weapons. There's no type of any sort of control on assault weapons. Well. Now, I will say in Texas today, a key committee passed out legislation where you have to be 21 to be able to purchase an assault rifle. Yeah. However, that still faces a long journey. It has to go through their calendar committee. It has to pass in the Senate. So the little sparks of hope, but it's still the people who want gun safety. It's over 80% of the state. Yes. They have to be loud. Yeah. They have to raise their voice. Otherwise, this small minority that's loud and aggressive wins, and, and we can't have that. Well, I got to tell you something. Uh, you are so right. Uh, raising your voice, uh, you know, uh, demanding some type of action is the only way we're going to get action done. Uh, it's been a pleasure having you on the show. It's good to see you again. And uh, I know you're fighting for us, as you always do. And one thing I like about you is that you do not cut corners and you do not, you know, bend away from what the issues are. You are always straightforward. You are always honest. Uh, and uh, your intent is always good. Uh, State Senator Ramesh Ackberry, thank you so much for coming on the show. I really appreciate it. Good to see you. No, thank you. My pleasure. Take care. Have a good night. You too. There you go, ladies and gentlemen. So, uh, you know, as she said, we have to raise our voices. I mean, and we, we raise our voices enough and we demonstrate enough and protest enough. And more importantly, vote, vote, vote. If you don't like what's going on in the state house, vote these rascals out and get some new blood in the house. Thank you so much, Ramesh, for being with us. We're going to take our final break uh, of the evening, and when we come back, we're going to take you on a trip uh, to a small town uh, in Arkansas uh, with our next guest. That's all you're going to get. This is Real Talk Memphis for a Monday evening. I'm Chip. We'll be right back. If you like Real Talk, here's a way you can get involved. Do you have a show topic idea or suggestion? Want to be considered a guest or have a guest idea? Then send Chip a message on his Real Talk show page and you can be a part of the Real Talk experience. So as he always says, go out and tell somebody. We'll be right back. Church Health's Memphis Plan continues its decades-long commitment to serving local musicians with comprehensive health care and also tailors its focus to small business owners and the self-employed. Healthcare through the Memphis Plan provides care in Memphis for Memphians. Related services include preventative health, optometry, dental care, and more. More information regarding availability at memphisplan.org or at 901-272-PLAN. You're listening. But are you in the know? The WYXR Weekly Newsletter is the best source for keeping up with events at WYXR. 
Whether they are happening on our airwaves, behind the scenes, or out in the community, log on to newsletter.wixr.org to sign up for our mailing list and keep yourself in the loop. Can't find your radio? Maybe you're out of town and missing that Memphis feeling? WYXR can go with you wherever you travel with our mobile app for Android and Apple. Listen live or explore our archive and keep up to date with notifications. Download in your mobile app store by searching WYXR radio app or visit WYXR.org for more information. Get Real Talk on the TuneIn mobile app under WYXR, and he's now streaming live on Facebook. And you can also catch a rebroadcast on YouTube. Just put WYXR in the search box and hit subscribe. Now back to more Real Talk with Chip Washington. And welcome back to Real Talk Memphis for this Monday evening. Our audio issues have been rectified. It's good to see all the folks on Facebook Live. And it's very good to have our next guest uh, with me. I've known her now for a for a while. We attend the same church. Uh, she is uh, a minister. She is an author. And she is a poet. And she recently uh, uh, wrote um, uh, and put out her first book of poems. Uh, she is uh, uh, the spokesperson, the unofficial spokesperson for uh, Helena, West Helena, Arkansas, <laughs> and uh, she is Cassandra Blake. And Cassandra, it's good to see you. Welcome to the show. It's good to see you, Chip. Thanks for having me. A- absolutely. So, uh, you know, uh, you are from Helena, West Helena, Arkansas. Uh, that is your village, a- a- as you call it. What is What makes uh, Helena, West Helena such a special place to you? It's special because uh, Helena, West Helena was where I was reared and where I was born. And it was, I didn't know how special it was growing up, but having a village around me that helped me, that nurtured me, that helped me to grow, helped me to, gave me a thirst for God. It was, it was just a beautiful place to grow up and everyone around you, not just my mom, my dad, my grandmother, my aunties, my uncles, but my neighbors, my mom's friends, everyone in the community was instrumental in raising me. Yeah, I mean, and, and, and that, that puts to mind that that, that uh, very famous uh, adage, it does take a village to raise a child. And it sounds like uh, you, you had that uh, from top to bottom, uh, you know, in terms of how it defined your upbringing. Am I correct in that? Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. I even had an auntie that would call every morning and pray for each family member in the city. Oh, wow. My auntie Geneva would call, and she was not about any small talk. When you picked up the phone, and it didn't matter who picked up the phone, if it was one of us, the children, or my grandmother, or my mom, you know, I would be sneaky and put the phone. We had this phone with the long cord in the hall, <laughs> okay. and I would put the phone by my grandmother's door so that auntie could wake her up. Oh, wow. But auntie would just call, and when you picked up the phone, she didn't say hello. She said, Lord, bless my family. She was in prayer, and then she would hang up click up after she said amen and call the next house. That's the kind of village I came from. Absolutely. I love, I love hearing that. And I love uh, hearing that story. Now, uh, I, I seem to have a, a little bit of a difficult time pronouncing uh, the name of the book. Now, if you, first of all, if you're friends of Cassandra's on Facebook, a uh, couple of days a week, uh, she takes you out to the front porch 
Uh, and yeah. like they used to do back in the day, and you know, and we start the day, and you always start the day with a menu of 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 of, of, of what's what's for breakfast. But first, let me back up. What's the name of your book? Okay, the name of my book, and I'll have to explain where that name came from. Right. The name of the book is "Some Teeth Poetry for the Soul," and the. The phrase some tea comes from my grandmother, Frankie. My grandmother, Frankie, lived with us and she helped raise us. She was the cook, she washed, she hung out the clothes. She she was like the anchor in the house. Okay. And so she would always use this phrase when it was time for us to eat. She'd say, come on in here, y'all, and get your some tea. So that phrase comes from mother. We called her mother. Uh-huh. And I honor her, her. Everything that I do, even the Facebook lives that I do, is called Some Tea Time. Every time. And I even got recently got a license plate with Some Tea on. Oh, Lord. Because I honor my grandmother. She was so instrumental. I, I yeah. never forget yeah. what she, the sacrifice she made to help raise us after raising seven or eight children of her own by herself when her husband left her. Oh, goodness. So that, that's a strong woman. That is to a strong woman. To sacrifice herself for all these children. Yeah. And she always said she wanted to see us uh, grow up to be grown. She wanted to see all of us. She wanted to live long enough to see us grown, and God did just that. Well, you know, when you uh, start the day with something, some, Something to eat, something to eat. I won't say something to eat, but I just. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> uh, but, but but you know what I mean. But but when yeah. you, when you start today uh, like that, I mean it, it just really is a very warm. Uh, you know, it's like you're pulling folks in. Come on, come on, come on in and, and relax and and uh, kick back and you know you want something to eat and and you always sort of start off and you and you and you and you give you pray for folks each and every day and you're amassing quite a bit of an audience out there uh, in terms of that. Why is that so important to you? It's important to me because I know that people need a village still. I know that the village is still important. And I wanted to resurrect that village that helped raise me. I know how important it was to me to help a family and to help a, a group of people, a whole village that was interested in seeing me be successful, interested in seeing me uh, get to know God, interested in seeing me uh, succeed. And I want to be that for other people. I want to be, I want that village, some tea time village, to be a place that people can come and they can eat. And what I feed them are words good words, good nourishing words from the word of God. And God is our great chef. He's in the kitchen cooking every morning. He's cooking salmon croquet and homemade buttermilk biscuits. And he's cooking all those things that I grew up with. And I'm I'm, I'm his servant and I serve at his pleasure and I serve his people because I know that we need each other. We're connected and we've gotten away from that. And so I'm trying to bring that back into focus for us. So um, you're going to read one of your poems, uh, a very powerful poem that you wrote recently uh, in reference to the Tyree Nichols uh, situation. Uh, and, uh, but, but why did you decide quickly, because I want to save time for you to read the poem, uh, yeah. why, why did you decide to actually uh, commit your poetry uh, to a book? Because it, it, was, it was all about God. Because at that time, I was... The poetry was just flowing like a spigot of water. They were coming so fast. And I was just, I was working at the time. And I was just typing them in my notes on my phone. They got, it was like God was just pouring them out, putting them in my mind. And they were coming out so fast. And I had gotten up to like 100 poems. 
And I, and I said to God, I was praying, I was fasting, I was talking to him as I walked every day. And I was saying, Lord, I know that you've given this to me, but I don't know what to do. I'm green. I talked to God. Just I said, God, I'm green. I don't know how to get this in a book. I don't know how to write a poetry book. But God is so good that he will cause situations and circumstances to happen mm -hmm. that will cause you to do what he wants you to do. I went to visit a sick woman. Little did I know her husband was an author. And he had heard about my poetry and he said to me, I heard you write poems. And I said, yes. And so he asked me to read some and he said, how many do you have? I said, a hundred. And he said, what? He said, I'm gonna help you write a book. And that's how that got into being oh, wow. because of me just trying to, just doing what I normally do. And God just opened the door. All right, so listen, I want to take some a little time. I have a couple, three minutes left here. I wanted to, uh, uh, if you wouldn't mind, uh, sharing uh, the poem that you wrote uh, in reference to uh, Tyree Nichols. If you, if you wouldn't mind doing that for us, I appreciate it. Sure. This poem was written out of uh, the hurt and the pain that I felt watching Tyree Nichols being beaten to death on the streets of Memphis. Mm -hmm. And so I felt compelled to put these, to put what I felt into words. And this is what I wrote. Every time a black man is killed, the heartbeat in my chest quiets, it is stilled. Another mother cries, screams through the night. Another father's fist clenched, ready to fight. Anger like a tsunami rages inside. Nowhere safe in the world for a black man to abide. Those who are sworn to protect and defend, brutalize and kill till life death knows the end. Another name now hashtag to be said, to be read, now gathered among our people, forever young among the dead. When with a black man that loves a country he built, receive love that covers him like grandma's old quilt. This country one day will answer for all the wrong that it's done to our brothers and sisters, our fathers and sons. Say what you want, mistreat us if you will. Erase our history from books, our past and knowledge you can steal. But every black face that walks this earth is story we will tell. You'll see us multiply and our bodies, you won't fail. We will rise up like an African giant, courageous and bold and fight because it's our right to live in a country free from death because we have skin dark like the night. A country where there are no longer hashtags to, be, to add a country where say their names is no longer said, the root of racism and systemic cultures of hate, we will pull up and burn until love is its fate. We won't be quiet. We won't stand still until we are free to be free, not prey that's hunted and killed. That's very powerful uh, and, and uh, very emotional uh, as well. Before I let you get out of here, tell folks uh, how they can get this uh, book of powerful poems that you have put together. Okay, you can get my book, Some Teach uh, Poetry for the Soul on Amazon.com. All you gotta do is put that name in there, Some Teach Poetry for the Soul. And if you can't remember that, just put Cassandra Corbin Blake in there and it should pop up and you can purchase it on Amazon. 
Very good. Yeah, I got uh, have somebody on Facebook Live is asking about the title and the author, and she wants to buy the book. Cassandra mm-hmm. Corbin Blake, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank I, you. I, 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 thank yeah. you for having me. Just, and, and thank all my villagers out there. I thank you, West Helena and Helena, Arkansas. Big shout out. Big shout out. <laughs> Thank you so much. It's good to see you. I'll see you Sunday at church. I'll see you Sunday. <laughs> All right. Take care. Listen, ladies okay. and gentlemen, uh, that was a, an amazing uh, way to end uh, this show. I apologize. It wasn't my fault, but we did have some audio issues uh, at the top with uh, Steve Morroy. Those who are listening on radio heard it, I believe. Uh, but in any event, it's been a great show. As Bryn plays this out, yeah, that's powerful, man. You know, uh, and that that's a gift from God uh, to be able to put words together like that, and uh, and really to be as expressive as she is. Uh, the power of the words comes from the, the delivery uh, that that she gives it. Uh, so yeah, go out and get that book. It, it, it's got some great stuff in it. And shout out to all the folks uh, in uh, Helena, West Helena, uh, the village out there that helped to raise this beautiful woman, uh, Cassandra Corbin Blake. So, as we end another show, thank you all for uh, checking us out. Really appreciate it, uh, as always. Uh, so, for Bryn, uh, for Nicole, and for Lola, uh, I'm Chip. Uh, have a great and safe week. Be careful out there. And if you feel like it, come back and see us next week, and we'll try to do it all again just a little bit better. For now, I'm out. Take care. See you soon.